What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. This week, I'm your host, Matt Guest, with me in a special edition car episode. <laughs> Matt Morris out in Milwaukee went to the Packer game, went to the Brewer game, asked his lady to marry him, and now he's recording the episode from his car. That's dedication. It's going to be a quick one today because we are fighting um your apple computer battery so um we got a big week three ahead of us but what's up man how is wisconsin the motherland for you treating you um it's good man it's uh it's been a very busy and uh i would say a little bit hectic at times with the proposal the game was electric first pro game um you know only the (laughs) college game i had been to was that russ wilson game against nebraska after he had transferred over from nc state which was also electric, but seeing a pro game, and I think this is the, the, the message that I'm going to send out to to all you listeners off the, off the bat, there's nothing like it. I mean, it was uncomfortable at times. It's overpriced, but I'll tell you, watching <laughs> the play develop from that, that 3, 4D angle, oh, man, it's it's special. Yeah, and I mean, that's what makes him pros, right? Like, if you went out to a, a, a uh, not even a college game, but a high school game on Friday night, just the execution, the play, and I know it's a major difference in age and maturity and everything, but uh, and just watching a guy like Aaron Rodgers sling it around is pretty, pretty cool. I've seen him a bunch on the road, whether it's in Oakland, Arizona. Um, I've seen him in LA a couple times, you know, it's, it's just really cool to see in, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback play football win or lose. So, um, I was so fired up talking to you when you were going to the game. I was so happy that you guys were able to go and experience that something you won't forget. And fortunately, like it was a really, really good game to be a Packer fan and be there to watch them beat down the bears. You know, they didn't play a perfect game, but I mean, Hey, it wins a win. And they won pretty decisively. I don't think you were very nervous at all most of that game that they were going to come back and win. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, first drive, the Bears marched down and they score. And my first thought was, is this really going to happen? You know, like <laughs> right. the offensive chance, but like the, the the movement was was good. Fields had one completion, one attempt for 30 yards to uh, to St. Brown. You know, kind of broken coverage. They weren't playing the run very well, and it was like, oh god, this this could be it, right? This could be a year where the defense on paper is supposed to execute and be amazing, and we're just not seeing it now. Second week in a row, obviously tighten things up a little bit, um, and honestly, too, like football's a game of luck at times, and I think that big fourth and goal stop really did change the momentum of the game. I still yeah. think the Packers would have been able to take care of business, but. Uh, Packers were the better team on that field. They really were. I mean, in Justin Fields, now seeing him in person and seeing him live, he's lost. Um, (laughs) They've got a lot of work to do to really get that talent level to where the expectations are going to be. Because as it stands currently, there aren't many pieces on that Bears team, organizationally, that I have actual hope for. Yeah, um, he, he has a lot of work to do. A lot of the young quarterbacks from last year's draft still have a ton of work to do as well. Um, but let's just pivot here because time is not on our side. I'm happy you were able to go to that game. Um, I, I do want to kind of pivot off basketball or sorry, football real quick. And I want to get your thoughts on Aaron Judge. He's going to he's going to tie or pass Maris here. He didn't tonight, the night that we're recording this podcast. Um, I've been asking it all year, but why do you think ML, the Major League Baseball and MLB in general isn't pumping up this Aaron Judge historic season, historic moment? It's really starting to bother me that I feel like this isn't a massive story when this is arguably one of the biggest things that's happened in baseball in the past decade. 
Well, I mean, you can you can say this is one of the greatest things to happen since the Roger Maris uh, race, you know, because I think there was inkling when Sosa and McGuire were going after the home run championship before Bonds that there was something going on, um, you know, to have two guys come out in generations haven't had home runs hit like that. They hit the home runs. Obviously, Bonds hits the home run. Um, and I don't want to say that Major League Baseball isn't pushing this. I just think it's a branch on a much larger tree, which is, you know, the issues that we've talked about with Major League Baseball mm-hmm. marketing itself in general. But if you look at ESPN, if you look at MajorLeagueBaseball.com, you know, this is being pushed heavily. It's on the front page almost every single night, you know, the okay. judge tracker. It's just unfortunate. We were at the, the Brewer game on Tuesday, and I had said to the people we were with, in my opinion, if I'm running Major League Baseball, I'm putting every single at-bat of Aaron Judge on the Jumbotron at every other game. I'm pausing that game because what I want to do is I want to give the fans in attendance at other games something to watch that could be historic. But also I want to make the other f- players on those fields have something to chase and you know, have something to like strive for. Like This is greatness being watched in front of you. And if you can be great as well, we'll put you on Jumbotrons as well. <laughs> to me, yeah. that was a missed opportunity. And you know, I'm sure there are licensing rights and whatnot. I would just supersede all of those. Because at the end of the day, the product is what matters. And this, this, if he hits two more, he, in my opinion, is the legitimate title holder of the home run race. Like season-long home run record goes to Aaron Judge, and he's going to do it in uh, less games than Maris did as well, which would right. make him the true home run champion, because there was obviously that controversy. Yeah, I think he might do. I saw something on Twitter. I think he might do it in less games than Babe Ruth. I think Babe Ruth did it. In a 151-game season, I think is what it was, when he hit 60. So he already did it faster than Ruth hit his 60. Um, so he could surpass all that. Maris hit his 61st on the last game of mm-hmm. the season. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but pretty awesome stuff. I'm really excited for a judge. I hope he does it too. Um, I hope somehow, some way, he gets really hot and gets close to 70. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be really, really cool if he was uh, able to chase down Sosa McGuire. And I don't, I don't think Bonds, but sosa mcguire that'd be really cool yeah he would need 14 in i think two and a half weeks right yeah he's got like 15 games left i I don't if you if you saw the game tonight they walked him and that's gonna happen a lot you know like he has to be aware of that and pitchers just aren't gonna throw it right down part of the game it's part of the game part of the game Um, let's go to week two just a little bit. There is a couple things I just wanted to go over before we get into week three here and break down some of the matchups and big games going on this weekend. Uh, I think the biggest story from week two is Trey Lance. Uh, you and I have, I, I wouldn't say been harsh on Trey Lance, but we weren't very high on him. Didn't have a lot of expectations for him coming out of college. You and I both like fields better than Lance for the Niners at that spot. You said you just saw fields live in Lambeau field and he looks lost. So who knows if that would have worked out, but Really unfortunate injury for him. He broke his ankle. He's going to be out for the season. His development's taken a huge step backwards, um, trending towards a bust pick, even though it's not his fault he broke his ankle. Like I'm not blaming him for that. But I think the bigger story is you got to put the Niners right now into the conversation for Super Bowl favorites again. Or no, sorry, not Super Bowl favorites, Super Bowl contenders, and that they will be making another run to the Super Bowl, barring any major injuries to any of their other big guys like Debo, Kittle, Bosa, Fred Warner, right? You have to say they're right back in in the NFC, yeah? It's hard. I'm going to put them on paper right in there. Um, but with knowing where that team's at, 
I'm going to say no. I think they have the ability to do what they did last year, climb into the playoffs, win enough games to get themselves a playoff spot, and then win maybe one or two games. But at the end of the day, their backfield's a mess, right? Mitchell's out. Uh, Garoppolo, we know what we get from him, which is a quarterback that's going to give you enough wins to push you into the playoffs and then, you know, play game management. Right. Um, I'm more concerned for what this means for the organization now this offseason. You already had to make a challenging decision this past offseason, and you found a way around it by restructuring Jimmy's contract. Well, what if Jimmy goes out and can find a way to win nine more games this season, get him into the playoffs, win one or two playoff games, you know, lose against the Bucks, the Rams, or the Packers, and you know, not make it to the Super Bowl? How do you how do you tell a fan base that we're getting rid of this guy? Right, I mean, that's <laughs> right. Four years of success. Um, I know there was an injured season in there, but you know, we'll say three out of four years he's had success there. So it, it's going to be a story to watch. Um, and I I don't know, you know, I don't think I don't think Lynch loses his job over the Trey Lance pick because the team is still no, success, you can't. But... And with the injury, you can't either. Sorry to yeah. interrupt. I just don't. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, maybe that injury will bail them out long term. I think Shanahan and Lynch, even if Lance turned out to be a bust, would never be on the hot seat because of their track record. And they are good GMs and a good GM and a good coach. Um, But I agree with you. It's going to tear that fan base in that locker room apart. You're already seeing the rumors come out that the team is happier. Jimmy's the quarterback because guess what? They know what they're getting with Jimmy, just like you said. Um, I, I think they're definitive no doubt have a shot to beat the Rams this year in that division for sure. I think they're just as good as the Rams. I think the Rams took a half step back, whereas the Niners were probably only a half step behind them with the roster they had last year. We're going to see. I, I would disagree with that. I think, okay. I think that secondary scares the hell out of me. Um, yeah. The, they, they have some work to do. And, you know, I've said this in the off season and I'll say it again. I do not believe Debo Samuel has the same season he has last year. And without Debo Samuel, they do not make the playoffs. So the where are the weapons is my big question. Mitchell's already okay. on the shelf, right? Uh, we expected Brandon Ayuk to take a step forward, but that was with the caveat that Trey Lance and that down-the-field passing attack was going to be there. I have a lot of things I want to see from this team. And also, okay. week two, right? Like week one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. look good against the Bears. Doesn't count because of the field, but I'm really curious to see week three how they play, and then the big matchup will be against the Rams. Yeah, of course. Every, every year, of course. Um, one more thing I want to... I have a question for you here. So, um, Russ Wilson and the Denver Broncos this barely pulled out a win against our boy Davey Mills out in... Uh, that game was actually in Denver. Really ugly game. You and I discussed a little bit last week that Russell's arm definitely looks like it's deteriorating. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett looks like he's in over his head, right? Um, but the team I want to ask you is, should we panic more about the Broncos or... The Cincinnati Bengals at 0-2. Right now, you're the coach, you're the GM, you're a fan of those two teams. Are you more worried as a Bengals fan or a Broncos fan right now? Well, looking at the upcoming schedule, you know, Sunday, September 25th here, I'm worried about the Broncos. Jimmy G might march into Denver and win that game. You know, to to the to the last segment where we're I want to find out this coming week. This is a great test for Jimmy G. This is also a great test for Russ Wilson and that team. You're going up against a really, really good front seven for the 49ers. And on top of that, you haven't been in the flow of the game with your new receivers, with your running backs. This is opportunity for Russ Wilson to kind of squash those whispers going around the league and to really show that, hey, I still got it. Took a couple games. I needed to knock the rust off. You know, let's move forward. 
as opposed to Cincinnati, they're at the Jets. Jets had a great game, obviously, kind of worked their way back in. I think this is the opportunity for the Bengals to come out and finally have their high-powered offense day. Obviously, we're going to see Sauce is going to be on chase. But personally, if I'm the Denver Broncos fans, I'm terrified. They lose one more game. Talk about the division possible winner out the door. Now you're talking about can we barely scrape together for a wild card spot? Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think that division plays a big part in it, and I-, I think you hit the nail on the head. But to highlight the Bengals a little bit here, man, is they spent hundreds of millions of dollars in the offseason on this offensive line, and it hasn't seemed to be improved now. That has me thinking, man, like, is this a Burrow issue? I don't think so. Is this a line talent issue? I don't think so. So I think the only thing that you can point your finger at is this a coaching scheme issue here with Zach Taylor um, and in his offense. And, you know, that makes me really nervous, man. Like Burrow, the reason they went to the Super Bowl last year is because he was healthy, right? And he's not going to stay healthy for an entire year with this offensive line. And granted, you know, that AFC North doesn't look as good as you and I thought it was, right? The Ravens defense has a ton of work to do. They completely blew that game last week. The Browns aren't very good. The Steelers aren't very good. We'll see that game Thursday night. Um, It's between the Bengals and the Ravens. But, man, if they can't get their offensive line troubles together, there's no way they're coming out of the AFC this year. And they might even be crawling into a playoff spot. But it's looking like they're going to have to win the division to get in because they might lose a lot of games this year. Yeah, well, and, you know, looking back to last postseason, um, my first thought when I I saw them lose this Sunday was the same thought I had about them in the Super Bowl, which was I kind of feel like this team's a pretender. And I still feel that way because at the end of the day, your team is only as good as your quarterback can be. And with that offensive line, Joe Burrow isn't given the time to be much of a quarterback at times. Um, It was interesting. I heard Jeff Saturday talking about it on ESPN this week, and he talked about how you know, wide receivers and quarterbacks, when they're new, newly paired together, they have issues. So that's something we've talked about in the show that we know. He said, don't get me wrong. It's the same way with offensive linemen. And there were a lot of additions with that money spent that you spoke about in Cincinnati's offensive line. He said, I want to give them a few weeks to gel together. They don't necessarily know, hey, this guy's automatically going to flow that way. You know, hey, he's automatically going to shift this way. And that's a really big thing with off- offensive linemen. In regards to you know that small window that the defense has, they'll take advantage of that. And if you don't know how the guy operates next to you, that window may open more times than you would like. Yeah, I love it. Well said. Well said. Let's get to week three and some of the breakdowns coming in here this week. Okay, Matt. So coming into week three here, the Thursday night game. Um, you know, you would be a good game on paper, but you know, the Steelers are having quarterback issues. The Browns don't have Deshaun Watson right now, but all in all should be a really entertaining game. Huge for the division since everyone is sitting at one and one. And then there's the Cincinnati Bengals sitting down at zero and two. This is a big spot for each team here. Um, my big question for you, man, is can the Browns tread water to give themselves a shot at this division when Deshaun comes back? I do think they can. I think Nick Chubb through two weeks has proven exactly what they should have been doing and his ability to be a top five back in this league flat out. Uh, If he goes out of bounds, do they win that game? Absolutely. I think that was a boneheaded play. I think it was just, you know, a misstep with his mental judgment. Um, Cost him a game. There's no way around it, right? That game was big. They needed to win that because they need to win every single game till Deshaun gets back. 
I think the bigger thing, though, and you said this to me on air and off air, is what kind of Deshaun Watson are we getting when he comes back? Yeah. Now, is he actually going to come out there and be able to play? But I'm actually going to take the, the the Browns in this game. You know, I, what I've seen from Pittsburgh so far hasn't completely wowed me. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to take the Browns now. Minus four and a half. I'm not sure. I might buy that down to two and a half, just a field mm-hmm. goal game because both the quarterback play is so bad. But all in all. The Browns just seem to have a better overall offense in general with Chubb and Hunt, even Jacoby Brissett. I'll take him over uh, Trubisky at this point in time. I think it's only a matter of time before the Steelers do turn to Kenny Pickett. I don't think that'll be till about week eight, nine or ten. Um, they're definitely going to let it ride out in the absence of TJ Watt. is just going to be crucial for that defense. Um, I, I totally agree with you. Moving to the 25th Sunday here. Um, a big, big battle of two 0-2 teams that I think you and I are both a little surprised are at 0-2, one more than the other. The Raiders versus the Titans. I think simple question here for this game is, whose season is almost over Sunday afternoon in Tennessee? Well, we have to stay in the division, right? If I'm going to say Denver possibly going 0-3, season's possibly over. Got to stay there for Vegas, right, because I think Denver's a better team flat out than Vegas is. And Obviously, big fumble by Renfro last Sunday really hurt the momentum. They were on pace to win that game, march down. Kyler Murray just got him, right? Defensive right. Uh, pickup, scores a touchdown, ends the game. Um, I, I think Vegas's season is on the line. And also with that Tennessee in the run game of Derrick Henry, which was has not gotten started so far, those fantasy owners that roster Henry know that. Um, I do believe <laughs> that when you're a wear and tear football team and you have one of the best backs in the league, you can you can bite off and chip away at that kind of 0-3 deficit a little better. Plus, talk about a bad division. Titans are maybe in the worst division in all of football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to get to the next team in that division here in a second. But I agree with you. It's all or nothing for the Raiders, right? You know, are they going to go to 1-2 and two and tie the Broncos if the Broncos lose? If you fall to 0-3, the Chiefs and the Chargers are running away with that division, man. They really, really are. They're... You know, it's been two weeks, right? And we're not trying to play too much of overreaction game here. But early, they look like head and shoulders better than the Raiders and the Broncos, right? I think I was a little off on my Russ Wilson and the Broncos judgment. Um, I think this is a must win for the Raiders. They're two point favorites on the road. But man, if they can't slow down that rushing game for the Titans, they could get upset here on the road. It's going to be an early, early start for them. 10 a.m. start their local time so it's not going to be easy and the titans aren't just going to fold over man mike verbal's too good of a coach we talked about him all last year um that loss of aj brown is is killing them and that's pretty flat out straight simple they should have paid him that was a mistake in my opinion yeah no i I fully agree with you 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 see it every week now and i think also what we're starting to see too with Malik Willis coming into the game, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter last week, mm. um, the more times you bring him in, the more opportunities that you give him to just make that one play. All it takes is one play for the fan base to start chanting his name. A hundred percent. And that's just going to continue to hurt the team as well. Um, I, I'm very disappointed with what Tennessee has done. You got to, even if you're down by 28 points, you got to feed Henry. That's your offense. It's the entire unit you have in the game plan that you had week in and week out through the first two weeks they have continued to go away from the run game. Yep, or just go to go to Malik and go full-blown uh, Lamar Jackson offense, right? Read options, yep. use Henry, use Willis, a couple shots to Burks and Robert Woods and just play that game. But, man, another team that was super disappointing thus far this season, 
the Indianapolis Colts, man. Um, I don't know what's going on there. I, I think it's Frank Reich problem, but I don't think it's that simple. Um, they're o one and one. Thank God they tied that first game because they have the Chiefs coming to town and they're going to be o two and one. I just don't see any possible situation where the Colts pull off a win against Kansas City this weekend. Kansas City's two and zero. We talked about the AFC West now four times. They don't have any room for error either. The more wins they can start stacking up against teams they need to beat, which would be Indianapolis, they will and they have to. Uh, the Chiefs are five and a half point favorites. I think I love that number. I think they smoke the Colts. Am, am I crazy here? I mean, that sounds like a trap to me. It uh, does. I, you know, I'm not. I don't have any of the numbers in front of me. I don't know where any of the big money's at. But that sounds like a trap to me. And this is it. I, I mean, I said it on Sunday. Frank writes out Monday. He's getting fired. They didn't fire him. Shame on them. Fire his ass. Like, yeah. At this point, you lost to the Jags twice in nine months. Bye. <laughs> like. You're gone. Um, and I just really I don't know where that locker room's at. Um, same thing that we talked about with Derrick Henry. Jonathan Taylor, give it to him. If Matt Ryan doesn't have it in Yeah, I think the he game, had nine carries, maybe ten. Yeah. Like what what do we yeah. do? You're down t- three touchdowns. Fuck it. Like you're the gonna only throw way a pick. I see Kansas City running into any issues here is if somehow that uh, that uh, Colts defense that had so many pro bowlers that we spoke yeah. about last week shows yeah. up. Um, and gives Patrick Mahomes hell. You know, maybe there's a game plan where we kind of see a shakeup. But as it stands today, I haven't seen any holes in Kansas City's offense. So maybe we see it Sunday, but I agree with you. It should be a blowout. Yeah, man. Speaking of blowouts here, um, best team in football right now, the Buffalo Bills travel to Florida to play the Dolphins, who had the upset of the weekend. And I am sorry for my girlfriend. We watched the game. It was pretty brutal watching the Ravens blow that game and lose it. It was terrible. Um, but the power of Tyree Kill and our guy Jalen Waddle, too, man, like can't teach or can't beat speed sometimes. And the Ravens fell victim to that this past weekend. They have the best team in football coming into town. Uh, Buffalo's a six-point favorite on the road here. I think this is going to be their first, I shouldn't say their first real test because the Rams were a real test, but they had all offseason to prepare for that. I think this is going to be a really, really good game here. Um, my big question for this game obviously isn't going to really revolve around the Bills because I think the only question for them is, are they peaking too early, which is a stupid question. Uh, my, what I have to ask you, Matt, is what do you think Tua is going to do against this Bills defense? Well, I mean, from a game plan perspective, you got to keep it short. You can't allow Tua to make the mistakes that he even made last week. He had a couple really bad passes. He had an interception. Sure dropped. did. People forget about that. Um, this is, I think, this is really going to show the marketplace, the football fans, what Tua really is, which is an average quarterback, and that's okay. That's not that's that's not a bad thing. He's got two of the best weapons, if not two of the most electric, dangerous weapons on his team in the receiving court in Waddle and Hill. Like, that'll make an average quarterback pretty, pretty talented and overpaid. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? yeah, for sure, man. Um, if you remember Tyreek Hill post-game conference, right? Bring out the wheelbarrows. But I, I think we see the I think we see Buffalo take care of business here. I think Buffalo probably wins by 10 points, possibly two touchdowns, for the simple fact that they're gonna have a game plan to stop Waddle. And Hill, right? If if that means having to play more of a zone defense and take away some of those big plays and force Tua into taking those, you know, five, six intermediate passes, which we saw a lot of. Both had 11 receptions last week, right? It wasn't just the big play. Uh, Buffalo needs to force those receivers to make plays after they've caught the ball. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Got to keep the windows tight. Um, all right, Matt. So it's the weekly edition here. The floor is yours, my friend. This is <laughs> the second edition of this week with the Detroit Lions with Matt Morris. Kick it off, my friend. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, can we just can we just as a country of football fans give a round of applause to what Detroit has uh, created here? Very, very proud of my Detroit Lions after last weekend. <laughs> just, <My. laughs> just incredible. I'm, I may be a bigger Lions fan at the end of the season than I am a Packers fan if Aaron <laughs> Rodgers keeps playing the way he does. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, this is a team I expected to see um, at its highest form. Like They are operating from an offensive level at my absolute peak expectation. And you look at Swift out there, he truly is a special weapon. Um, and Jared Goff, everyone that wrote him off, well, Jared's coming right back into that top 15, in my opinion. You know, at home, how can you bet against the guy with this offense? Amon Ross St. Brown out there, you know, doing real routes, uh, doing end of rounds, like just incredible overall performance. Um, but this is the test. It's this weekend. Can they go to Minnesota and can they beat the Vikings? I say absolutely, and they will. Ooh, I don't know about absolutely uh, the Vikings. Minnesota is a tough place to play. I never like betting against teams that just had a massive letdown, which was the Minnesota Vikings after they won the Super Bowl week one. Uh, who didn't see that coming? But yeah, man, the, the sun god, Amon Ross St. Brown, huh? What an absolutely electric player. Jared Goff, I agree with you, is playing great. And Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks. Got yeah. his first three sacks in the NFL all in one game. Um, they have a great culture there. Now, do I love Minnesota minus six? Absolutely not. I think this is going to be a closer game. I'm curious to see what Vikings team shows up. The problem with the Lions still continues to be their secondary is atrocious. So, um, you know, expect Jefferson, Thielen. I forget the tight end. I, I like him, though. Uh, Irv Smith. Irv Smith Jr., yeah. Yeah, he's, he's okay. Had a bad drop, but I expect the Vikings to bounce back and win the game. I don't expect the Lions to win. Now, if the Lions do win this game, we can we can start the conversation next week. Can about, we crown them? We no, no, no. Them, we won't crown? crown them, but we can have the conversation about, damn, maybe they will compete for a playoff spot this year. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, we've tuned, we've seen two very different Minnesota teams. You and I were texting about it in regards to the man coverage that was played this past week. You know, I, I understand that Philly is a very, very different team. But from, from what I'm looking at this, you know, Detroit's offense is operating at a very, very high level for NFL standards. And I know that secondary is banged up, but if they can just find a way to play man-to-man on Jefferson and give him over-the-top safety protection, force Thielen and Delvin Cook to beat you. That it has to be the game plan. If Thielen goes for 150 yards and three touchdowns, so be it. But you cannot allow Jefferson to go out there and just absolutely have his way like Green Bay did, right? We saw the Vikings come out and kick Green Bay's butt. Well, now there's a trend that Green Bay just doesn't play week one very well. Um, this is, to me, probably the biggest game of the week for the telltale signs because even if we look down the board with Green Bay and Tampa, like, eh, can't really take too much away from a week three matchup of two possible Super Bowl teams. Moving on ahead to the one o'clock slate, we have a couple massive matchups here. Um, I wouldn't consider this massive, but we definitely both want to talk about it. Uh, the Jaguars are traveling to LA to play the Chargers. Now, I think the Chargers are going to beat the shit out of them. 
But what I saw last week from Lawrence, from Doug Peterson, from that Jaguars team cannot be completely understated, right? Like I know everyone's bagging on the Colts. We just did in the last segment there, but I think they're turning the page and Lawrence looks good, dude. He's showing the signs of the guy that we expected to see three years ago when he was touchdown Jesus in Clemson. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the other pieces that are emerging as well, you know, you kind of scoffed at me when I said a few weeks ago, this could be possibly a team that fights for a playoff spot. And <laughs> yeah, I said that kind of off the cuff is, you know, me getting all fired up, but I think this team is going to show themselves to be a five and six win team this season that really shows signs kind of like the lions did last year of like, Hey, 2023 it's their year to possibly be that playoff contending team um we we don't really know who the colts are right now it's an embarrassment we can't take anything really away from that but at the end of the day you've got a second year quarterback with his new head coach they went out there and they got it done um another game that i'm interested to see can they can they make it a game with the chargers right i don't expect them to even put it in a 10 point swing here but can you have it to be 30 to 20 at the end of the game? That to me would be a really good dogfight. Can you stick to your game plan? I also want to see Travis Etienne more involved in the run game. He's only had 13 attempts this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, get him more involved in the pass game. James Robinson obviously has had okay, okay start to the year, right? Um, but Devin Lloyd, that linebacker, he's playing really well. 23-year-old. They took him, I'm pretty sure, this past year, right, Matt? Yeah, either this, I think it was this either this year or last 2022, year. 2022, yep. Yeah, it's uh, leads the team in tackles. Like, they have pieces that are emerging. It's right? huge. We talked about Kirk last year. So that's the big takeaway for me. Last year, it was kind of the joke of like, oh, my God, Lawrence is in trouble. There's nobody there with him. Well, this year, they're starting to build that foundation. Well, and the money they spent seems to be working, right? Like, they laughed. We I think we talked about this last week. Is like, hey man, they paid Kirk what he needed to get to get over there to Jacksonville, and he's freaking balling out, dude. He's killing it in fantasy right now. If you're a Christian Kirk owner, you're happy. And to echo your sentiment there, man, I, I don't necessarily agree with you towards the end of it, but if this is a touchdown game at halftime, if this is a tie ball game going into the third quarter, that's a win for the Jags. Obviously, if they yep. win, that's a big, big win. But if they're just in it and it's not, you know, 21 to three in the first quarter, I think that's huge for them. Um, the other, well, there's two more uh, games at one o'clock here that are huge, but Rams Cardinals, man, you and I, I, we may be the most negative people about the Cardinals this year. What Murray did in the second half, um, didn't shock me, but I was surprised at how bad Vegas looked in the second half. Offense didn't do the defense any, any, any help. And it cost them because the defense was on the field too long and they couldn't chase Kyler around in the fourth quarter. Um, my question here is how much did the Rams win by on Sunday? Oh, um, 17 points. Yeah, I think they kill him. Yeah, I think they absolutely kill him. Sunday was nothing about what Kyler Murray did and how good he is. It was about how embarrassing Las Vegas was. Right. Um, Kyler Murray, if you watch the scramble play, go get him. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, it, it was embarrassing for them to stand on that goal line. I think they had seven stops because Kyler had gotten a penalty to get them a first and goal after he almost failed. Yeah. Um, and after all of that hard-fought effort, that's the play design you call up. You know, you got the entire end zone taken care of, but you got one of the best scrambling quarterbacks in the league with all the time in the world. And for him to just be able to run around, it was really embarrassing. But I saw exactly what we expected from from Arizona again. 
bad team overall. And their quarterback, who's a above average talent, he's very he's able good. to squeak them out wins. He's very yeah, he's, good. He's, he's a Pro Bowl. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback. You know, like we can't knock on him that hard. He he's the reason they're anything. If they didn't have him, they probably would be the worst team in the league. Um, and, and yeah, I think I saw when I was looking at the box score of the game last week, I'll pull it up here really quickly just to be completely accurate, but I'm pretty sure dude, the time of possession for this game was so freaking ridiculous. And that's, you know, and that's on car, man. And my car take is just marinating. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I'm not trying to overreact yet. I'm not trying to get crazy. But yeah, Arizona had the ball 36 minutes in the game, dude. Like, what are, what are we doing? Of course, you're going to be get, be tired and not be able to play defense against this guy. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It was a complete embarrassment by the Las Vegas Raiders. Not necessarily a great performance by the Arizona Cardinals whatsoever. Okay, Matt. Um, what do you think? Packers going into the Bucks. The game has moved now to a one-point game for Tampa because Mike Evans will be out because of the shove on Marshawn Lattimore last weekend in New Orleans. Um, I don't know. I'll let you, I'll just, I don't really have a question here. Maybe you have one for me, but take the floor. What do you think after being in Lambeau this week, what do you think the Packers are going to be doing this upcoming weekend in Florida and Tampa Bay? I would expect them to go to more of a man defense and to send a fifth rusher. Um, Gary looked great, man. I mean, he's, he bull rushed, I think it was the right tackle, and it was incredible. I mean, he just drove him into the quarterback. But the, at the end of the day, they need to bring a fifth guy. You have to. And with Brady not having as many weapons as he's accustomed to, because I'm guessing that Godwin also will be out. Yeah, it's looking um, like Julio Jones, um, Perriman, and they picked up Cole Beasley. So we'll see yep, if he has any idea what kind of plays are being ran out there. You know, it's tough to get in there in a week. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, and he's the type of guy that Brady leans on, right? Even if he can get five routes down and they're just short intermediate routes where he can bail Brady out because that pass rush is coming. My concern is that the Packers are going to go more with a very uh, soft defense and they're going to try to limit some of those short intermediate passes and force Brady into the middle field, the second and third level, so that they can take advantage of him. And I think that's going to be a mistake because he'll just eat them alive at that first level. So I think you have to get after him. I think the Packers have to play man defense because they have the guys that are more athletically gifted than all of the bums that the Buccaneers <laughs> are going to run out there on, on defense or on offense, right. excuse me. Right. Like I would love Jair against Julio. No problem. Stokes against Perriman. No problem. Beasley against Douglas. Yep. Like that matchup. So go man, see what happens. Force him to make some mistakes. I'm still waiting for the day that he's sacked five, six times this season. It's going to happen. And I would love for it to happen this season or this game. This weekend, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think that's Joe Barry's philosophy, which, you know, it's going to end up costing us at the end of the season anyways. But uh, I'm more concerned about the offense. Like, how soon does Matty LaFleur and Rodgers move away from this run game? How many times is it going to fail at the beginning of the game for them to be like, oh, fuck it, let's just go five wide, and then Rodgers is going to get sacked and throw interceptions. Um, that that's the big thing with them this year. You saw it against the Bears, man, and they were talking about it on the telecast. Is it's got to be about twenty eight and thirty three. If we run sixty times and Rodgers throws twenty and we still can't move the ball, so be it, man. Because until Rodgers is on the same page with these guys, it doesn't matter. 
And look at the throw to Sammy Watkins in the third or fourth quarter. Like none of that's happening if we're throwing the ball two, three times on first and second down, right? Or first, second, and third down. Um, I want the Aaron Jones show. I want the AJ Dillon show, especially against Levante David and uh, White, man. Those guys are probably the two the best tandem linebackers in the league and the corners are really good. So we're going to have to lean on that run game. And I'm just nervous. The Packers are going to bail on it. And it's going to cost us the game because they end up doing it every single time, just like in Minnesota week one. Well, I mean, this is the week though, to kind of your question, right? When does green Bay decide to go away from that run? You've got two of the best interior linemen, linebackers in the league. You've got Vita Vea there as well. I guarantee this is going to be a challenging game to run the football, at least with inside the tackles. You know, and we know that A.J. Dillon, that's where he works. And he didn't have a great game against the Bears interior defense. He really didn't. Uh, Aaron Jones obviously getting outside and making some plays. We're going to have to lean on Aaron to get outside that tackle box and make some plays outside of it. Uh, it's the only chance that they're going to have because if you send him up the middle, we're in trouble. So it's going to be interesting. I could see this being a really low-scoring game, a 17-10 game. Um, I, I just feel like not a fun offenses, game to watch. That's for sure. I don't no, think. they're going to struggle. Like even if one of the team comes out first drive scores a touchdown, they're going to stall out a couple times. And this is going to be a, this is going to be a chess match. Neither team is firing on you know all cylinders. Obviously, Tampa has the injuries. Green Bay just hasn't figured it out yet. But after watching what Tampa did last week, I do agree with you finally that that defense is back. Yeah. Um, it's how how can you execute with that knowledge now from Green Bay's perspective, right? Can you find a way to make the run game work and can you play off of it properly in the passing game? Yeah, no, totally. I, I agree. Can you? That's the question. And I don't know, TBD, uh, the Packers win this game. Just looking forward, just a little biased Packers here for you, man. Looking forward, if they win this game this weekend, Matt, um, they could be looking to be, I, if I did my math correctly here, six and one going into the Buffalo game because they play the Patriots, Giants, Jets, Commanders, and then the Bills, uh, maybe five and one. But this is a massive game for their season because they have a little bit of an easier stretch here um, before they go Sunday night against the Bills. Well, the last thing I'm going to say is if we lose to Tampa this weekend, when do we start having the conversations that Tampa and San Francisco has Green Bay's number? Right. right. Two of the powerhouses in the NFC. Um, and again, I right back to my statement earlier today, I don't really feel like this game does determine much as to how the playoffs are going to turn, turn, uh, turn out because we have so many question marks. But it's really important, as you said, for them to kind of get that that second win in the column after a poor week one turnout. Yep, I totally agree. Um, moving over to the Sunday night game, we talked a little bit about it earlier in the episode, but San Francisco, Denver, Jimmy G's first start. Jimmy G's first start as the San Francisco 49ers quarterback here in 2022. Russell Wilson trying to get over the hump. More importantly, I think Nathaniel Hackett trying to figure out if he can even be a quarter or excuse me, a uh, head coach in the NFL. He is so, so bad at making decisions. This game's in mile high. San Francisco is a point and a half favorite going into Denver. And I think that's an accurate line by the book. I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. Um, I think the biggest storyline coming into the game is can Hackett, can Wilson get on the same page and generate any offense against this you know, borderline elite defense in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, as you said, we talked about at the beginning of the show, and I think I had alluded to uh, Denver being 0-2, and my apologies, they are obviously 1-1. Uh, 
Uh, but, you know, I have that that mentality because they almost lost to Houston. That's kind of an embarrassment, <laughs> Should've. right? Like it, what they're doing currently is inexcusable, right? We talked about that being from the Packers perspective. If the Packers lost to the Bears, this is no longer, you know, knock the rust off game one, week one, figure it out. It's what's going on. Uh, they did pull out the victory, obviously, but the same question I think has to be asked, right? Because now you have a tough opponent in week three, and that division is so challenging. Yep. I think what we really, really what we really need to see here is the same thing from Denver that we're asking for from Green Bay. You've got Melvin Gordon, you've got Javante Williams. Lean on him. If you're not comfortable with the new receivers yet, if for whatever reason your arm strength isn't where it needs to be, lean on those guys. They both looked great week one. Go out and give them each 20 carries. You know, keep checking it down to Williams. Whatever's got to be done from from Russell Wilson's perspective, and those have better be the conversations that they're having in the in the coach's office in the quarterback room. You know, we have to do what we needs to be done to win games right now. We'll figure everything out down the season in practice. Um, I do think that Denver can win this game, though. I do believe that Russell Wilson has it in him. I still believe in the the defense for the Broncos um, and Jimmy G. Right, like being thrown back into this this starting role like we know what jimmy is he's not going to go out and win that game so there's opportunity for denver to be had yeah for sure absolutely um and yeah i'm just still curious about how they use javante williams man like it's so clear that he's better than gordon but they don't seem to lean on him when the time is right um it's going to be really interesting with their game plan against san francisco especially if judy can't go he got hurt this past weekend in the last game um, I think he didn't practice today. I think he's still kind of, he's probably going to be a game time decision. And if it's just Sutton, yeah, lean on the run game, just like you said. And on the flip side, man, if San Francisco can go into Denver, win this game, play good defense, Debo do his thing, Jimmy not make any turnovers or any big mistakes. Um, I'll be all the way back on the San Francisco 49ers team. Okay. Monday night. Um, you know, whatever game, but we got to talk about it. Cooper Rush gets his second win as an NFL quarterback against the Bengals. The Giants are 2-0, probably the most fraudulent 2-0 team that's still left out there undefeated. But um, what what have, you, what have you been impressed by with Brian Dayball and what he's brought to this team to at least get them to this point, possibly a 3-0 start come Monday night? I just think from a simple perspective, it's excitement. You know, you come into a team that's, expecting a possible rebuild we'll call it a retool right sure um there's excitement the players are fired up they're playing hard saquon didn't have the same week two that i kind of expected him to coming off a great week one performance i think a lot of that was usage um, i think carolina has there. a pretty good defense too that yeah. we just don't talk about because they're carolina you know i think their mm-hmm. defense is almost maybe top 10 honestly they have a pretty nice squad over there yeah, and and honestly, they were able to squeak out another victory. You know, I think that says a lot about what Baker Mayfield's doing over there in Carolina, the usage <laughs> of CMC as well. Um, but to stick on the Giants here, I, I just, my takeaway after two weeks is that this team is bought in. It reminds me, ironically, a lot of Carolina through two weeks, three weeks, four weeks last year where there's excitement. And, you know, it's like it's, it's kind of misguided because, you know, this guy's eventually going to start falling. But as it stands right now, like they're doing all the right things. And all I really expect them to do against Dallas is come out and, and play smart football. You know, like Dallas had a really good game against the, the Bengals, but it was more because the defense was able to get after Burrow. 
Um, and with that being said, Danny Dimes has to lean on Saquon this week. Look for those right. quick checkdowns, hand the ball off, let him touch that ball 30 times. They might be able to find a way to beat Dallas, but it's up to Dallas's defense as to who wins this game. Yeah. Oh, man. They're so good, man. And and that's how um, Cincinnati lost last week is they couldn't even drop back for more than two seconds. Burrow was just getting rid of it at the end of the game because he literally could not actually go through reads on offense without getting sacked and yeah man Micah Parsons is putting his stamp on defensive MVP early in the season um yeah if they can just rely on that run game keep getting Pollard involved as well as Zeke Elliott you know they could sneak out this win and you know Dak comes back in a month and a half two months whatever it might be and they could you know by Thanksgiving right they could be right in this thing, man, which would be crazy um, that now the Dallas Cowboys are getting carried by their defense and not their offense, how much that has switched up. I um, The NFC East is going to be interesting. I think it's a little bit more competitive than I thought going into this season. The Eagles look like bona fide contenders for the NFC overall. And, you know, with the Giants being good, it just elevates the rest of this division. And I'm I'm secretly excited about this Monday night game when usually I could care less about a shitty Giants versus shitty Cowboys team. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I'm excited for it as well because, you know, frankly, the Giants have players that I like to root for. I like Mark Parsons for, for the uh, Cowboys. Uh, I, like, I like Diggs as well. Um, Cooper Rush, oh, God, he's not good at all. Um, <laughs> but... But he he was good enough to get. He's a victory, playing good right? enough, yeah, man. Yeah, and and I think from that perspective, like you have question marks on both sides with with Rush as well as the Giants team overall and how they perform on a week to week basis. Like this could very well be a field goal game when in reality the Cowboys should come out and win by ten points. But like I said, that defense has to come out and have some turnovers, right? And if they can't do that, and they're allowing checkdowns and they're allowing intermediate passes, and say Tony gets out there and makes a couple. You know, great catches, and he's just gone. Now you're talking about a football game, and now Rush is going to have to bring them back to win that game. Right, it's going to well be a football said. game Monday night. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know how that line's going to hold up against Parsons. I don't know how anyone's going to hold up against Parsons, man. Like the only person slowing him down is himself. He's so so good this year. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Well, and to the Parsons comment again, like, how do you let a guy like that fall? How do you let a guy like that fall? You Happens know, every coming year, out of Penn man. State. Like it's it's just ridiculous to me that he landed in the Cowboys' laps and here they are, right? Completely redefines that defense. They lose Randy Gregory and yet that that defensive front is still just as strong. Almost better. Yeah, it's crazy, mm. man. It's crazy. All right, Matt. Week three, best bets. Hit me with your picks, brother. Who do you got this week? You know, I'm going to run off a few here. Uh, I'm going to be out here in Wisconsin, so I'm not going to be able to get my bets in, but these are the ones I like. <laughs> Denver Broncos plus one and a half. Uh, we just talked about them. I think they obviously have to respond this week going up against San Francisco at home. So, that, again, Denver Broncos plus one and a half. This next game feels like an absolute trap. You're going to have to tell me. <laughs> Los Angeles Rams minus three and a half at the Arizona Cardinals. That just seems like a joke. Hammer it. Yep. Put your savings account on it. <laughs> Maybe don't do that, but pretty like I, I was just shocked looking at the screen when I saw that. That just feels like an absolute trap. Uh, next one I have for you, Philadelphia Eagles minus six and a half right now. Uh, that is of DraftKings, Caesars, FanDuel, and Bet MGM. 
Uh, moving on up here, I'm going to take a little bit of a risk. I like the Houston Texans plus three playing at Soldier Field after the Bears game uh, that I just went to. I'll tell you, they're bad. And I like Texas. <laughs> um, I think the Texans could come out. I think we're going to see a little bit more of the run game. Davis Mills, I have more faith in than I do Justin Fields. And then to wrap it up for my picks this week, I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs minus five and a half at Lucas Oil Stadium at noon on Sunday. Nice. They're minus five and a half, but yeah, I, I feel you. Um, I have them as well. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to take the Raiders minus two. I like that number. Um, they shouldn't lose by, they shouldn't, they should win by more than a field goal. If the Raiders don't win by more than a field goal, their seasons, they're in deep trouble. Uh, I also like the Chiefs minus five and a half. I think that's a good number as well. Um, I like, where am I? Here was the next one that I like. Oh, I like the Chargers. This is the biggest one I'm laying. I like the Chargers minus seven at home. I think they're going to smoke the Jaguars. I also like the Rams minus three and a half, most likely on Sunday. I'm going to buy that down to two and a half. I just hate that number. Like You just get so screwed there on that three and a half. Um, I also like Denver plus the one and a half as a home dog. And then lastly, I'm going to go probably with the Cowboys plus Mm. one Monday night. Mm. Well, and if you're going to go Cowboys, I mean, that's a very tight game to call. I I called it earlier in the show. I have no choice but to take the Detroit Lions plus six. I do (laughs) like that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's Um, actually a pretty good bet, too. I. I like that number. Once again, I might spend a little extra to get that thing to uh, seven or seven and a half, you know, just lay a little bit more juice or parlay that one with another um, another game for sure. Well, and I could be completely wrong. You know, we will find out next week on uh, Matt Morris's take of the Detroit Lions. But <laughs> I, I do I do like that game a lot. And I like that number plus six. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for bearing in there with us. I hope the audio the audio sounds good on your end, Matt. I hope, thanks for uh, taking time in your car to record this. We'll see you back in Vegas next week. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram at PitcherBetPod, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Me, Matt Guest, Matt underscore Guest on Twitter, and Matt Morris, Matt underscore E underscore Morris on Twitter. You guys have a great week three. Cheers. 